following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Well, hey, what's up, everybody? My name's Jordan. I'm Jessica. I think you know that by now if you've been listening, but if you haven't, well, welcome. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You are listening to the Christ Known Podcast, and we are glad that you are here this season. We are walking through Paul David Tripp's book uh, called Lead, and we are in Lenten season. We are. Lenten. Yes. Yeah. That sounds weird when you say it that way. I feel like there's a place in Elkhart that... Indiana that's called like Linton's or something so it makes me think of that it's like a gardening place nope anyways that's what I thought of when you said that regardless the reason I brought that up is because we're doing another Paul David Tripp book for Linton we are yeah. it's a lot a journey journey to the cross is that mm-hmm. what it's titled 40 day journey to the cross yeah. it's very good it's very good I would recommend it that's mm-hmm. why I brought it up like I think it's uh I'm only like three days in yeah me one, too because <laughs> it's day three yeah so it's one of those books that I skimmed and I was like yeah this will work right and so yes don't tell anybody uh, no I do that too and I'm like this is great I read like the first five pages it sounded awesome and then I hope like halfway through that people I'm like this book is terrible I hope this doesn't derail oh, I hope this doesn't tank me right people are like I can't believe he recommended this what oh. is wrong with him uh, yeah. I'm sorry my fault uh, no but it is it's really mm-hmm. good uh, I feel like with Paul David Tripp like everything he does is really good but uh He's also one of those guys, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but he's also one of those guys where I read and I'm like, man, I don't know if I would like you as a person. I don't know. I've sat in... Is that bad? That is bad. (laughs) I think I've sat and listened to him in person enough times to like... Like some of the things he says, I'm like, whoa, ouch, and whoa, like that was really smart. Like you must be a really smart person. (laughs) Um, He's very... He's a words guy, it sounds like. He puts words together well. Yeah. Could I carry on a conversation with you? I don't actually know if I could, but hearing him in person, I think that helps a little. Well, um, like him and John Piper and yeah. like the, gr- the the bigs, yeah. the bigs. I don't want to call them the greats. No. Because uh, uh, I feel like Billy good. Graham is like a great, right. neat, like. But what makes you laugh? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want to talk to Paul Tripp about. Like, hey. What do you find funny? I don't know. The last few, I feel like because he's been through a place of suffering so right, much right. recently that every talk I've heard him give has been on suffering. And yeah. Like, suffering well. John Piper never cracks a joke. Oh, he's crazy though. <laughs> like, have you watched his mannerisms? I love it. Like, he's like a hyper old man, I think. I think it's awesome. He, uh, he preached uh, a sermon, because we're in Galatians right now, and he preached a sermon on Galatians 1 with the Gospel Coalition. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, it's in a different context. But anyway, uh, he has an iPad. And I was like, John Piper's preaching out of an iPad. The he, world is ending. <laughs> he, I did it. I watched a Q&A with him once. He was hilarious. Really? I'm like, I don't know if you can say that. And he's kind of like, when you're my age, you can say anything you want type of attitude. Yeah, like, like you, have, right. you have those guys. And then like, I have guys that just naturally I think are funny. Like J.D. Yeah. Greer, for example, yes. from uh, the Summit Church. Yep. 
Like, and I don't follow, I, it sounds like I follow all these guys. I don't. Like, I very, very rarely will, like, mm-hmm. be like, oh, he's cool. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't do that. But I think it's interesting, like, those guys that just naturally assume. But I wonder, like, and, and maybe just thinking out loud, maybe Paul Tripp is, is an extremely funny individual. He could be. I don't know? know. I don't I've know. never seen him in that context. I'd love to sit at his dinner table and yeah. just, like, see, man, what are you really like? Actually, if you want to know what he's really like, just talk to his wife. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you just go to the spouse. <laughs> Usually they know. Like, They're quick to point it out. I bet you he wears clothes all day long. <laughs> <laughs> he sits in a chair with a... Well, he doesn't have a pipe, but... But doesn't he look guys. like yeah. one of those people? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that is totally irrelevant. Absolutely. Uh, but we are in lead, and we're talking about character. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jess, I'm just going to be fully transparent here. Um because why i always am like uh because you lie to us every other week oh i hate when that happens (laughs) like you're like i'm just gonna be honest i'm like i okay uh lie to me there is the end is uh is something i'm still wrestling with Mm -hmm. like because he he brings up some stuff in the end of this chapter where i'm like "Eh, i'm not so sure but uh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of like let you drive because... No, I don't want to drive because... No, 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 you got to. So here's, here's why. Because I think there's so much in this chapter and my, my curiosity thing, just me to you, is like, number one, what's, what's, what's the thing that came to the surface in this chapter? Like, of all these things, what was the one thing where you're like, oh, you, I wish people could see your face? Hi. <laughs> okay, so full transparency... <laughs> I never read before the day before. Okay. Because I will forget. Um, and you didn't. N- no, I did. And I still was like, what? Like, this was a really good chapter. I felt it was very, I felt it was a little abstract. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. I, I didn't want to lead. I didn't want to drive the ship today. It sounds like you're not on the same page as all the other chapters. Um, it's not that I disagree with this chapter necessarily. I just wasn't like, I don't know. It might've been the place I was in. I had just watched like six, 10 hours of the sing conference in the past week. Yeah. My brain is a little bit. Did that just happen? Was that? No, it happened last year, last fall, but we're getting ready to show it at our church. And Uh. so I was, I, you know, it took me a while to get to it because I put it off. And so. It's been a lot of information in my head, so I'm not like I'm not super clear with what came from that and what came from <laughs> this. That's funny you say that because two weeks ago I imploded. On, I don't know if you know this or not, but like totally imploded in church. It was bad. Oh. Like the the week before. Well, and uh, people called me and texted me like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> like it was it was that bad. Oh no! And uh, they said um, what had happened was before Sunday. Not this past Sunday, mm-hmm. but a couple weeks ago. Um, I had uh, the EFCA theology oh, yeah. conference. My mind was reeling yeah. from that. And then we had a men's conference mm-hmm. on Saturday. And I was like sitting in the pews. And the and Bethany, my wife, um, is our worship leader. And she she's playing the song. And I, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like just waterworks. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like... I can't oh reach. I got nothing. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I don't even know what I studied for. I, I'm, I'm yeah. out, you know? And so people were like, no, it was good. Like everything. I was like, it was not good. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's kind of, I feel like my head is just <laughs> full of so much content. I need to take a day and like just process or well, two or three. Well, that's what I should have done. Like in yeah. the, the, the men's conference was on Saturday. So I was still, 
like thinking through mm-hmm. all the stuff that happened in the EFCA conference on uh, earlier in the week because yeah. it was two days. And then, um, and then like I just showed up at church and I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't do this or whatever the case is. So, which is definitely one of those things where if you are getting a large intake of information, like give yourself time to sit and rest in it. Oh, um, I should have taken. Yeah, it was. I, I shouldn't have gone to the men's conference. Yeah, because my mind was so in one place and then I went to mm-hmm. another one. Time. So I get what you're saying. Um, a hundred percent. So you just threw that back on me. So oh, I that's did. fun. Um, yeah, I'm gonna kick it back and let you drive the ship today. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. He's talking about character. Yes. And yes. here's here's my rub because everybody's gonna wonder. They're gonna be like, "Don't wait till the end of the podcast to to put like what you're really thinking about." Here's what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm just gonna start at the end of the chapter and I'll, I'll, I'll probably work our way okay. back to the front. So he essentially says that he calls into question character. Mm-hmm. When he calls into question character, he's saying that um, churches, namely, mm-hmm. uh, look at, um, per, let's just say production. Yeah, performance. Performance, yep. performance production, whatever yep. the case is. And, they, and he says, uh, churches look at it and they say performance, then character. And he flips it. And he says character, mm-hmm. then performance. The reason I'm I'm like contemplating and questioning and kicking back a little bit is, shouldn't it be both? Like, shouldn't character produce results? Like, it was one of those things where I'm I'm questioning mm-hmm. it because I was I was reading through it and I'm going wait 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 hold on a second Paul like hold hold the phone because if if somebody is man or woman right has godly character mm-hmm. fruit follows absolutely so how can you say we're not going to focus on results now I'm, I'm not saying like numbers and stuff like right. that like i get that like you have to shelf numbers but i i guess i would push back a little bit because i was like shouldn't it be a, a, like a balance between the two well i think you just said it though shouldn't their character produce the Mm-hmm. results like what came first in that i think that's where he's driving um throughout this book or this chapter is that um your character has to be what you focus on so if you've got someone who for example is a fabulously gifted preacher they just they know how to put words together well they they pull from scripture well they're super talented in that but you see a character flaw in them maybe their home life is in crisis and you go, well, it's okay because they're standing up in front of everyone and they're preaching amazing. Like that would be ignoring the character, which, you know, he walked through that passage where you're kind of, you've got to have your home in order. You, these are the things to be in this position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's going, am I more concerned with what you're doing or am I more concerned with the heart of what's behind it? Yeah, he says performance trumps, he says, well, let me back up. The reason we are often way too passive in the face of troubling evidence and the attitudes and actions of a leader is the way too often performance trumps character. Okay, first of all, that's a huge uh, reason why we don't do performance reviews. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate them. I hate them. I just was talking to somebody the other day about this and they were like, well, what's your review look like? And I was like, we don't do reviews. Right. And they're like, what? And they said, every month the elders and deacons can say whatever they want to me. Mm-hmm. They can criticize, they can critique, they can... I said, every month is a performance review. Like, yeah. And the same is true for us on staff. Yeah. So like, anytime I can come into your office and be like, hey, mm-hmm. this is working, this is not working, whatever the case is. Uh, 
I don't think we've done performance reviews in five years. Not since I've been here. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's, it, it frees you to know, I'm not just trying to attain this number. Mm-hmm. It's like, I would feel like you're, you're more concerned with where my heart is when I'm serving and yeah. you're more concerned with the motives behind what we're doing and the, how we get to what we're like, what, where we're going is a little bit more fluid with that. And you allow us that freedom kind of knowing that the heart has to match behind that or go before that whichever direction that would work but yeah I I don't know I think we don't and there's a little bit of freeing in that plus I think you would say it's like you said a monthly check you're constantly checking in with the people you're leading and I think that's where often we miss character flaws because we're not fully engaged with the people that like are in our group we're not having regular check-ins so he he says it's little it's gradual changes like oftentimes someone's character you're not doing one thing and doing a complete 180 it's small little increments that over time but if you're checking over on a regular basis in with people mm-hmm. hopefully you catch some of those things i don't know yeah i don't know like it's it was just a really hard chapter for me to read because I don't know how you gauge character. Like, I, mm. I think you just see it in performance. Like, if, for example, if you're walking around in a Wednesday night when we have our mm-hmm. Wednesday night children's program and you're firing off on people left and right. Right. Like, I would look at you and be like, hey, you had a bad day? Right. Like, what is going on? You know, like, you're snappy or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. And the same happens to me on Sunday. Yeah. Right? Like, people come up to me and they're like, Man, you're kind of rude today. Yeah. You know? So you gauge character all the time based on what, what you see, then. right? So that's where I'm, I guess I'm kind of like wrestling in this balance thing because I'm like... Uh, but do you think we can hide it? Like, do you think I can hide what's going on in my home for a time? Like... I. I know you so well that I, pr- okay. I figure it out. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe that's that, maybe my that's pushback. Yeah. To him. Cause I'm like, Hey, maybe you don't know your staff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe you got so big mm-hmm. that you, you don't know if Jim's dying yeah. inside or not. And maybe that's where the accountability, the setup c- accountability comes in where, and I kind of feel like that's where he was saying is you need a team to surround you. You need to be surrounding others on your team, mm-hmm. knowing each other that well. So, you, so you're so you able to see those things because I think we lie to ourselves. We lie to others. Eventually, I do agree it's going to come out in your performance. But like you said, you know me so well because we interact all the time that you can tell when things are off in the home mm-hmm. um, just from the way we're acting. Yeah, you just like watch it. You're like, mm-hmm. man, you're like, you're, and I'm not saying you, but right. I mean, like, you're being mean or, or, right. uh, you're cutting or, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some times where we've had conversations and we look at each other and we go, um, man, we're, we're like fisticuffs here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not, it's, it's just a, been a busy season mm-hmm. at church. It's not that I don't like you, you don't like me. Yeah. It's just, we're just slammed, you mm-hmm. know? So we're like sitting here going, okay, like, retreat right like go finish what you gotta do i'll go finish what i have to do i don't know like and and he said that the the most powerful and subductive idols are the ones that are easily christianized Mm. i don't know what that means like i i think that's we put our performance as an idol we put what we're doing like i lead a children's ministry mm. that has 150 kids that attend on a wednesday night you know and our church is not thousands you know so that's a good ratio 
Look at, I serve every week faithfully in this area. I picked up those chairs. Like, I think it's, well, you're doing something, but it's the I, the I, the I, why. I think, Mm -hmm. I, I know for me, I often have to check my heart with, why am I doing what I am doing? Um, what are my motives? Is it so that people go, whoa, you're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's, I, I think in the Christian world, my family can become an idol. Um, right. My spouse can become an idol when I put that, you know, him before God. And so I think that those aren't bad things. Serving your family, your your spouse, those are great things. But right. when they go before God, and I think, we can Christianize it pretty easily. So you're saying, or I guess it sounds like you're saying mm-hmm. that, uh, like just just keep the I'm awesome out of the out of the conversation. For me, that's my downfall. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's the one that I have to check my heart of. Am I doing this so that people will go, "Whoa, she ran a great program," or am I doing this so these kids will or these students will come to know the Lord um, and grow in their faith? So for me, pride is my issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and being in control is my issue. Mm-hmm. I think other people, it's different. I think you have to figure out what, you know, what is it that you struggle with and what do you put before God and where, mm-hmm. who do you, yeah, what are your motives behind what you're doing? Yeah, I just, <clears throat> I, I, I think I, I understood what he's saying in regards to the fact that, like, when you get to that point where things are working so well, the pastor or leader or whatever, um, whoever that is, gets to the point where, they they start to say things that like you can do no wrong yeah you know what i mean and it's like i don't know we just maybe we just don't have that attitude here i i I hope not i mean i hope we don't get to that place and i hope my prayer would be if it looks like i'm off Mm -hmm. in what i'm doing Mm -hmm. um if it looks like my heart isn't in the right place that i would have people that would come along beside me quickly and speak that truth they wouldn't worry about offending me and um, oh, she might leave, and then what are we going to do? Because I'm replaceable. Sure. We all are. Um, and I think maybe that's just we've created a culture that we, at this church, where we, we do view ourselves as someone else could come in and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I would hope that people wouldn't be so worried, oh, we might offend her and she might leave, so we don't want to say anything. Right. Um, no, I love her so much, I'm going to say what she needs to hear and help her heart get back on track with God. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, I could see that a little bit. I, d- I don't know. I think the the more you walk in your relationship with Jesus, the more <laughs> this is gonna sound so weird, but uh, because it's so countercultural, um, the more you question like your gifting. Yes. Like I think there's so many times where, when I was younger, and and I still am young, but when I was I was a baby, <laughs> uh, I would I would like walk off the pulpit and be like nailed it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now I walk off the pulpit and I just go. To fill the gaps, oh, God. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> fill the gaps. Absolutely. But I think you understand the severity of what you're doing. Anytime you're presenting God's word to someone, right? Um, that's weighty. And I don't know if we always get that. Um, and I don't yeah. preach, but I definitely teach. And it's a weighty experience because you know like you're helping to form and shape how people view God and how they view God's word. And um yeah, I think the more you grow in your faith, the more you realize you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you think people who present can hide character better than... Absolutely. <laughs> Come on, we know all the lingo. I just had this conversation with someone the other day. I was talking, and my heart is just hurting for a friend right now. And 
but she can tell me all the right words. Mm-hmm. Like, because she knows all the right lingo. Yeah. Like, you grow up in a Christian home, you know how to sound, you know how to sound humble, you know how to sound contrite. Oh, you I, know, can, I can pray with the best of them. Oh, like, like, there's times I pray and I'm like, <laughs> you know how to sound repentant, you know the exact words to make it sound like you're broken and you're really not. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like when uh, that guy gets up and he's like, Lord, just use me today. And you're like, you liar. Yeah. Like, you liar. Like, it's hard. And you got to be careful because you're you judging do. people's hearts. You, you know? do. Like, so they could be sincere and, Absolutely. and genuine. Like, I'm not saying that. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. There's times where mm-hmm, I, I'm, I'm tracking with that. But what's funny is I find my character comes out more in my conversations. Absolutely. Because... In the pulpit, I'm comfortable. Uh-huh. You know, like, I've done my study, and I've had my time, and I've sat there, and you're probably the same way teaching, you mm-hmm. know, like, I'm ready to go. Like, yeah. I've been wrestling with this all week. Here we yeah. go, you know? And now, in a conversation, conversations happen so fast. They do. There, you can't, there's not, um, and I'm a verbal processor, so yeah. <laughs> I can start a conversation in one bend and finish it completely changing my own mind. Like, so absolutely, they're, I think that's what they're talking about a little bit, though, is because you're going to see your character not necessarily come out in those big situations, but mm. in those small times, in the way that I talk to my children in the hallway, in mm. the way that I interact with my spouse um, as we're standing off in a corner, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> you didn't do, you know, yeah. I don't know, whatever. So I think absolutely, I think it's that s- those small moments. Um, I wish I could redo every conversation that I have. Like, it happens more and more the older I get. Like, somebody comes in, has a conversation with me, and I'm like, can we rewind? Can we do that again? I I said the wrong thing. Can we try again? I was not humble there. Yeah. Like, or I was angry there, or I was upset, or whatever the case Mm -hmm. is. Like, oh, let's go back. Rewind, Mm -hmm. please. You know, like, whatever the case is. But, um, yeah, I think, and and maybe the flip is true. Like, so if, if you're not somebody who presents or teaches or preaches or whatever the case is, you know, like you do really well masking in conversation Mm. and then, um, but if, but if it comes into like, you know, that setting or whatever, where you're in front of people, it's, it's harder. I wonder if, if that would be the case. Yeah. I I don't know. Cause I've always been an upfront (laughs) person. (laughs) I think I just, just conversation reveals my character. But but what's, what's funny is in that is that whole, uh, what he just, what I just read or, or whatever he talked about was performance Trump's Mm -hmm. character. I think sometimes people, which that's, he says is false, but people who are really good at that on a Mm one-to-one, they look at it and go, man, nailed that conversation. And so because I did that, my character Mm -hmm. is, good you know and um no not so much like car salesman for example you know you sold you 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 swindled you didn't Uh sell you swindled somebody and you i I hate to throw car salesman under the bus but i did um (laughs) just have a job that leads to that yeah so that salesman mentality i guess i don't know it was i just wrestled with him because it's so non-tangible. I think that's why I had a hard time. I'm like, how are we going to talk about this chapter? Because there's not, it's not something you can go, well, I can check here, 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 here. Right. Let me, I'm a box checker. I like to be able to know this is exactly what this is going to look like. And this is very much your heart, your motive. 
Um, and he even at the very beginning of it, he talks about like you have your confessional values and your functional values. And he says, you know, your confessional ones, those are the ones that you say is important, but your function, those are, that's what you actually do. Right. And so I think that's the, that's one of the kickers there is so many times the things we say we value don't come out in our actual actions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the whole push of the chapter are the things that you say you value the things that you are really doing. Um, and that's where the performance comes in. If I, if my greatest value or my, my greatest desire, what I value is that people will come to know the Lord and I'm more worried about the lighting and the mm, decor behind right, me right. and we're spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to get just the right look. Am I really concerned about the heart of the people? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that's maybe that's kind of where I took it from a little bit of what what are we the most concerned about? And what do we li how do we live that out? Well, and like here's my fear, right? So like our board is reading this, mm -hmm. like and uh, and and good, they yeah. should be. Like I'm all about it, um, and we have other teams reading yep. this too as well. So like the way that we're structured, we have elders, we have deacons, we have senior leadership team, and then we have ministry heads who are over. And all of those individuals are reading this yes. book or supposed, supposed to be. Supposed to be. I guess we'll find out yeah. at our next meeting. So when I look at this and I, I see kind of where we're at, like my fear is like for a board is they would look at this and be like, whoa, what is the pastor getting away with that, right. you know, we're letting him get away with and uh, should we be fine tooth combing this? And I, I think you just have to be really careful because character is so hard to pinpoint down. And you, there has to be some faith and trust in people too that you are a man of God because the way we live in today's society, I, I don't see that. Right. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't see that in your everyday. Like I'm not in your home. Right. I don't, I don't, uh, I see you here. So mm -hmm. could it be fake? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but like he even talked about like uh, these leaders who are leading people to the Lord and people are coming to the church and whatever the case is. I'm like, those are all good. And those, I, I guess my my big fear is those things might be signs of character mm -hmm. just as much as they're signs yeah. of production. Mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't say production. What is it? Performance. So, performance, yeah. So that's my fear yeah because i think guys will read this and they will go whoa those things are happening mm -hmm. and those are Do performance need, yeah you know what i mean so maybe he's not good because he's good in performance he might be a man of character okay. she might be you know, i'm not saying she being somebody who preaches i'm yeah. saying like they might be people of character mm -hmm. who are also being people of performance absolutely I think that's where personal accountability comes in. I think that's where you surround yourself with people that are going to ask you the hard questions. Mm -hmm. You know, I meet with your wife every other week and the weeks that we're good about it, <laughs> we're women, we talk. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the weeks that, but we ask each other the hard questions. We actually just changed one that was, how are we honoring our husbands? Mm -hmm. You know, and so asking, now I could lie to her. She could lie to me, sure. 100%. But we're both going in saying we're going to be honest because what's the point? Otherwise, right. we're wasting time. And so I think it's finding those people that you can be honest with, keep each other accountable, ask each other those questions. And if you're in a group where you're leading, you know, I just had this conversation with someone. I'm like, help me think through, like, who are the people that I really trust and I would allow to speak truth in my life, you know? And um, 
they asked me, do you really have anyone? And I'm like, yeah, I've got a couple. Not mm-hmm. many that I would actually take it from, right, but right. I have a couple. Right. That fact, someone just spoke truth into my life last <laughs> night, and it hurt. I told her she couldn't sit with me anymore at Women of the Word. You're so done. I'm like, every time I talk to you, it's convicting. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you know, but I think surrounding yourself with people, that's then when those people are coming to know the Lord, when God is moving and working, you can kind of have some assurance a little bit of assurance that, um, yeah, their heart is in the right place too. And I kind of guess I wonder, are the people who have have failed, did they begin to pull away from that accountability mm. over time? Um, and was that be a sign? Yeah, I could see that. I, I don't know. I just, I, I wish he would have said that performance is sometimes character, like coming out or in everyday life. Or a result of, or maybe a result of, yeah, like I, character? I don't know. You go, you go back through the Gospels and Paul and Peter and James and all these guys. Like James is the pastor of the Jerusalem Church. Mm-hmm. He's doing great work now. His congregation kind of stinks, you know, but because right. uh, they're all they're all just all over the place. But in in the same breath, I guess I look at it and I was like, but man, like his there's still converts coming. You know what I mean? I would never. Well, Paul calls out Peter's and James content but or character but he but also we see in the new testament where they say you know thousands came to know the lord right you know this many came to know the lord at this point and they counted yeah like so i think like we we have to there has to be that you, you have to be careful it can't only be this right. it can't only be performance driven you have to have the heart and the motive behind it right um but they can i think go hand in hand that's just my big fear he never brought it up and i i was just I, I guess I was kind of sad. You know, yeah. I got to the end of it and I was like, uh, uh, hold on. You know, mm-hmm. like performance is part of character, or at least I believe it is. I believe performance to be part of, uh, it's it's the fruit, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's the fruit of your character. Yeah. It's a good fruit that comes um, when you are doing what and working within the world god has called you to yeah like think about your children's leaders right like the the people you have in your programs you wouldn't look at them and be like man you're the worst nursery worker ever (laughs) right you know what i mean but you love jesus Mm -hmm. well hold on a second like maybe you're in the wrong spot then right because if you love the lord and you have and, and you're producing uh sanctification holiness all the christian catchwords that we use you know whatever the case is uh you know then uh, it should follow suit you know Mm -hmm. like i guess that's where it's hard for me as a leader trying to lead other people because i'm sitting here going you're you still have to have results like last night women's ministry had Mm -hmm. an event like our women's ministry head loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. I know she does, you know, and she loves the Lord, but I can't look at her. And if there was one person there, mm-hmm. you know, be like, well, I still love Jesus. You know right. what I mean? Like, but I think, and, and it wasn't a huge crowd, but in the same breath, I think that's an outpouring of her, uh, loving the Lord and people wanting to love the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like she loves the Lord, you know? So there's going to be some sort of, applause for lack of better word does that make sense like there's going to be some sort of affirmation of the gifting unless you're jeremiah you only get two converts in your whole lifetime <laughs> right so i'm just throwing my argument out and bringing yeah. it back in like left a little and right. bit of verbal processing yeah i am a lot like that's why we that's why we do this i don't know yeah i uh, 
I, I don't know what to add outside of just, I think it's always, it's having people in your life to check the motives of what you're doing and yeah. being, you can't throw out performance. You can't throw out completely. I mean, if someone is a, if someone is failing miserably at what they're doing, you do have to go, is this where, is this where you should be serving? they might still love the Lord, right? Absolutely. They might still love Jesus, but you're in the wrong spot. And you don't want someone like, I don't want to be so, con- I want to, character in their heart for the Lord has to be number one, but if they're failing, you're not going to keep them in that spot because it is just the wrong spot. Like, you got to make sure you've aligned giftedness and things like that as well. So, well, and here's the other thing that happens, right? So, like in the Methodist church, to, to throw stones, <laughs> like, they move pastors. It drives me Like every crazy. couple of years. Yeah. It, you, and you never know who you're going to get. Drives me nuts. Like, how do you know your congregation? I'm like, but uh, we watched this happen when we were in St. Louis. There was a guy. He was killing it. Mm-hmm. Congregation loved him. He was growing the church. And you know what happened is the, the the Methodist church looked at him and they were like, what you're doing here, you can do over here. And they looked at his performance and they were like, okay. And they and I was like, but he, he was a man of, of character. I hate to say that. like I mean, because there are things yeah. we disagree with in regards to that. But regardless, you know, I just, I, I was dumbfounded, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like, what are we doing? You know, yeah. like, why would we pull somebody out of something? Because the the other side of the pendulum is, you're too good at this. Yeah. And that's what bothers me, too. It's like, why why would you take somebody out who's too good at something because you're worried about their character falling? Like, I don't understand that. To me, that's when you press in more. That's when, man, this person, God has gifted them mm-hmm. greatly. They are doing huge things with the right heart. Let's press into them more. Let's come alongside them more. Let's walk along. Let's, because you know that if you, like anytime God, I feel like anytime there's something big going on where you just really feel like this is where God has went, has called me, things are going really well, like Satan starts to attack Mm -hmm. hard. And so I think this is a, this chapter is a great argument for if you see someone in that position that God is just using greatly, lean into them harder, help like pray for them harder, come alongside and support them harder, encourage them, ask them those tough questions right. because that Satan's going to attack. Satan wants to tear down. Um, and he's, and when you are often in positions of leadership, it, it's hard. So you're saying the greater the influence, the higher the guardrails. I think so. So if you have, and maybe that's what he's saying, yeah. all that to, all that, all that to, to figure give. that out. Like, oh, thanks. You like, <laughs> Maybe that's what he's saying is if you have people who are performance uh, and, and, and just like killing it, mm-hmm. right? Okay, then we're going to continue to put people around yeah. you, you know, that make sure that things are okay. But I, I, again, I just say be so cautious because, and I know this is a godly trait that we, we, we wrestle with, but you have to be so cautious that you don't kill that person's uh, security. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I've watched people like, Hey, you're doing really good. Your church is a thousand people. Here's Jerry and he's going to check you every single week. Like he's doing fine. Like, hold on. He needs to equip Jerry, not you need to equip Jerry for him. Like, that's my right. biggest fear. It's like forcing people on you. It would be like me looking at you and be like, Jess, uh, children's ministry is at 200. Here's Karen. Mm-hmm. And you're like, who's Karen? And I'm like, 
Karen's your new mentor and she's your new, you know, and you'd yeah. be like, uh, what? Like, right. what are you talking about? Well, she's going to come, she's going to watch you and she's going to sit down and meet with you every single week to make sure that you're still on the right track. You would feel so micromanaged. Yeah. And, and, and defeated. I, yeah. Like you would feel like you're doing something wrong. Right. But I think that's where as a leader, I think now let's put it back on the person that is God is using in great ways. I should, I need to find that, per, that group to surround me. Like mm. I, in not a bunch of yes people, but a bu- like I need to find some people that, hey, I know you're going to say the hard thing to my face. Right. And that's like as much as we're leaning into that leader, as that leader, we need to be inviting in. Right. Um, and if you've set that up early, those people should grow with you. You know, like right. you've already are surrounded by that group um, that because there's you're. Let's be real. You're not going to have 10 people speaking truth into your life, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe, may, maybe 15, probably not. Like, you're going to have a select few people in your life that really can have those hard conversations right. that can ask those hard questions that you're going to really feel honest answering. Um, but I think as a leader, we need to be asking people to do that for us. And then, like, so I think it goes both ways. Because, yeah, I don't think you bring in some person from... Where, you know, we're with the EFCA, so let's say we grow mm-hmm. exponentially and they send someone to us. To yeah, like, it's so weird, right? That would be super, but that would be weird. But what about the people that are already in our congregation that we've already surrounded ourselves with or the mentors that we have in place? Like, those are the people I think we need to make sure we're surround ourselves with. When we become an island in leadership, when we begin to pull away from that, I think mm-hmm. that's where Satan can get a foothold. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just that caution there on both other people's parts as they see us, not necessarily us, but whoever is leading, right. lead well. But then our responsibility is, if you're leading well, to call people in and say, come alongside me, pray for me, ask me these hard questions because I want to be God-honoring in what I do. It just feels like, and maybe I'm going to sound so arrogant here, uh, it feels like that as my character has matured, and because I know it has, I'm totally different than I was mm-hmm. five years ago. Like I get that, yes. and I got a I got a long way to go. Like, I mean, I I understand that too. We all as well. have grown. So I guess I look at it and I say, as character has grown and matured, um, men have just kind of come. You know, like they've come around me, and they've like my circle has just I don't want to say increased, but it has. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, w- with growth, we we saw uh, moving into the EFCA, mm-hmm. and with moving into the EFCA, we've seen. Uh, formulation of new relationships and then we're in affinity groups and we're in you know like there are so many guys who and and maybe this is a hard case against the the non-denominational church because i see a lot of guys in the non-denominational church oh boy uh who are are men not of character who are leading off their own calling and not the affirmation of somebody else. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying all of them. To push back, there is a group that uh, that has, like, it's it's for non-denominational right, pastors. Right, right. That's pretty legit. Which um, is super funny because they're still part of affiliate. They so, are. It's yeah. hilarious. Because uh, I, I remember questioning that because one of our good friends' dad was the head of it for a long time. And yeah. um, we're ju- I'm just like, wait, but you're not a group, but you're a group. But they, so I think depending on how you roll with that. Let's put it this way. It's harder. It is. In a non-denominational 100%. setting. Oh, so I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll pull back and retract that and just say it's, it's harder. And what I've seen is there's a lot of guys in the non-denominational church that have a very mm-hmm. hard time. Like there was a lot of swallowing pride to come into an affiliation. Like, and a yeah. lot of like, 
maybe you do know how to do things better, you know, like, and maybe you can help us. Like that, that was hard. Now, I think we drank the Kool-Aid too. (laughs) Oh, 100% (laughs) drank the Kool-Aid. That's okay. But uh, I I guess I just look at it and, uh, and going back to the original statement, character as your character increases if your circle is not getting cemented then you should be concerned absolutely because i think that's where kind of the end of this chapter is going is with what what trip's saying is and i wish he would have said it both of these things can grow at the mm-hmm. same time performance yep. can grow and your your character can grow and as they grow people around you should be growing too mm-hmm. and that's when you know to drop people off Mm-hmm. Like and I hate saying that, but there's gonna be people, people that don't grow with you. Absolutely. You know what I mean. And there are gonna be people you pick up along the way. Right. Um, and then there's gonna be some that walk. I think as long as we're inviting those people in, as long as we're not siloing ourselves out, um, mm-hmm. the caution would be: um, Are you like you said? I, I, you have to lower your pride to ask people in. Yeah. Um, when we, if you're becoming a silo and you're not letting people in. Um, I think it's time to ask yourself some hard questions. Yeah. My concern would just be that it's forced. Like I just would, uh, like I, I finished the chapter and I closed the book and I, my prayer was, Oh Lord, like be with these leaders, these church leaders, these pastors or whatever that are forcing, you know, this character thing. Cause character takes time. It takes mistakes. It, it takes it, grace and for restoration. Oh. forgiveness. But I think he's alluded that to, to that in other chapters right. that when you're within this community of people when and so this leadership group that you're with or whoever it is that you have in your circle there's you're going into this knowing i'm might i might take a hit mm-hmm. i'm gonna fail right but the people that are alongside me are not here to tear me down they're here to help me be restored right um through you know repentance and forgiveness um so I think that's where making sure that that group, like they're not sitting there nitpicking. They're saying, I love you so much that I want to make sure you are in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you do that. Mm -hmm. And if you're off, I'm going to say something hard, not to tear you down and pull you out of a spot, but to be able to turn your heart and your eyes back to God. And it might not be these big, huge, what we would call huge sins. It might be that little moment of, um, pride you have, or that little, that little bit of um, com- complaining that, mm. or you know, it's those. Hey, like I'm just, I'm hearing this, but I love you, and I want to restore you, and I want to make sure you have. It's not them. It's saying I'm, I'm helping you go back to the cross. Yeah. And so, I think that's what we gotta, like, we've got to make sure that the people that we're surrounding ourselves with, they're not there to just, t- oh, you messed up, you're done. Right. It's hey, like, I saw this, I love you enough to say something, not with the intent to pull you out, but the intent to push you to the cross. Wish there was a non-compete clause. Mm-hmm. Like, I've learned that the guys who really love me, care about me, who who say hard things into my life are guys that have a non-compete clause. They're like, hey, there's nothing in this for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's I'm all, I'm all in for you. Like, yep. we're on the same team, I'm cheering you on, I'm good. I mean, it's kind of how we are here at the church. Like, 
it's it's not a it's not a competition mm-hmm. you know like you don't look at me and be like ah oh, you know 150 <laughs> kids in children's ministry and you're rocking yeah. 80 in service you know like Better pick it up yeah, over there yeah, yeah. and i'm like well four kids to every couple that's yeah good for you, you know? and i'm like in half of your people in the service are in the children's ministry that's why you don't have anyone yeah like it's it's not a it's that's not what our church is like though <laughs> oh, well, no i'm just kidding um yeah no it's not a competition there's not a competition and it's it's if you can get to that genuine concern i just fear the force like the the because i've had it happen to my and Mm -hmm. and there's i mean it's true i've had people force accountability here is bill and bill's going to be your mentor and i'm like "Mm, i don't like bill yeah and i don't think that that's not what I gathered from the chapter. I gathered it's already the group of people you're surrounding yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that group that you're leading. It's that group that you're walking along with. It's not an outside force. Yeah. Um, these are just ways that these are. This is how you should be functioning. It's your, you know, it's your group that you meet with your ministerial. It's mm-hmm. your elder board. It's your, it's your team of team leaders. A group that I lead. You know, my coordinators. It's our yeah. group coming alongside. Um, yeah. What's, what's tough is when one of those. This is a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. But when one of those needs to come out, because yeah. I've had a couple of guys look at me and they're like, "That guy's detrimental to your ministry." Mm. And if you keep him in a spot where he speaks into your life, you're going to listen. And you're gonna lose mm-hmm. like all day long. I've had that happen three or four times, and it's super hard because it, you. Ha- it, this is why it can't be one person. No, either. I don't think so. I mean, it has to be there. There has to be guys who are like willing to go have that hard conversation with this individual and be like, "Listen, man, you're not good for Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, or you're not good for Jessica. Mm-hmm. You know." And I know that you've been kind of led to this place, and you feel like it, but. It's kind of like that person who's serving in the ministry who is in the wrong place, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, mm, this is, this is not good. And yeah. that's tough. Like that's tough to move somebody out of a circle that they thought right. they were in and, and they're doing more damage than they're mm-hmm. doing good. Like, yeah. oh, that's. And I would say if you're sitting here and you're like, listen, I'm not in leadership at the church. Like, I'm not a pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm not in leadership. I still think we need to surround ourselves with people and ask people to lean in and press in around us. Absolutely, 100%. You, so if you're sitting there and you're like, I'm just a mom. Right. Well, you're not just a mom. You've got a huge calling of raising your kids in the word and um, in the Lord and helping them walk through that. And so bringing other women that you trust into your life to say the hard things because we're all in process Mm -hmm. we're all no one's arrived and so um we all need that that big church word of sanctification and we need people to help us with that and um you might yeah just whatever area you're in like bring people in don't be afraid to bring people in and help lean into you and ask you the hard questions if you don't have an accountability partner find someone that will ask you those hard things that hurt yeah um here's the other thing pray for it and be patient and and watch it watch it show up yeah because i remember i didn't have it's funny what god will do um when i was just starting out in ministry i would be like god i want a mentor Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and i would go search for him and i mean just one wrong turn after another you know like just uh, just on the wrong page then i sat back for a little bit and i was like okay god i know you don't bring people to my door but like just could you open up some relationships mm-hmm. with people 
who I get along with because right. that would be great and people who are genuinely concerned about me and the church and just just let it happen and then it was really funny I gave up I was mm-hmm. like uh, this, this is, isn't gonna happen this is never gonna happen right. and now they're in abundance mm-hmm. like they're all over the place and I just think whoa like it was it was being patient mm-hmm. but at the same time being diligent you know and and walking forward and man I, I just I don't know like I have I still have a lot of thoughts in regards <laughs> to what he says and I'm glad that we could process it and verbally yeah. process it but I think if anything, if it if it sounds scattered, it is yeah. because I I'm definitely questioning what he said. I I didn't feel settled at the end of this. I didn't yeah. feel like I could come in and have good discussion <laughs> on this one. I was like, oh man. And like I said, it could just be because my brain is so full of so much information right, right now. But um, I think because it's not as tangible. Um, because we can't judge others' hearts and oftentimes we lie about our own heart, I think this is a hard chapter to kind of wrap your mind around. And it's not scripture. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing. Like we but have, he pulled out some good chunks of scripture in this. Well, like, his his uh, opinions are not scripture, right. is what I'm saying. Like, right. okay, I you can wrestle with that Absolutely. you know like you can you can take that and this is what's so important whenever you're doing any sort of book study is take what is in that person's text and say okay but what does the bible say it's mm-hmm. okay to have an opinion on the non-negotiables paul Tripp and i and and you we would line up on the gospel mm-hmm. we would line up on the word of god we would line up on you know um how we feel about baptism yep. and all of those things those these are what we call non-negotiable things we get into into this stuff and it's like this is this is a mm-hmm. this is a kind of like something that we can kick around mm-hmm. and something that we can spur one another on. Now, the only hard part is uh, I don't think Paul's listening. No, I am guessing he's probably not <laughs> listening to this podcast. But if he is, awesome. But probably not. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> In humility, we ask for your forgiveness. <laughs> As we just tore apart your chapter, Saint we- Paul of Trip. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that just rabbit trailed. <laughs> anyway, he does close out the chapter, and I guess we can close with this, like, uh, which is really good. But he says, his presence and work in and through us, talking about Christ, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, is our hope because it is. We can commit ourselves to doing better, and we can uh, own our weaknesses and our failures and accept his invitation to fresh starts and new beginnings. So I love just the attitude of approaching things in in weakness and mm-hmm. and understanding that uh all success goes to god yeah like he's gonna get all of it so jez any other closing thoughts no no because my thoughts are all <laughs> over the place so read it read the book you're like let me tell you about this conference <laughs> listen this conference i got so many thoughts about that he it, okay so real funny he was speaking at the conference and I've seen so many parallels for his book and what he spoke mm. on. I was like, Oh, so now I'm all sorts of confused. So anyways. that's where you got that Paul. Yep. All right. Well, until we meet again, have a wonderful day. God bless. Thank you for listening to the community gospel church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to community and click the contribute tab.